And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Max Olson is off taking care of his baby boy, but I'm happy to be joined by Sam Kahn. Sam, how's it going, man? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited about this show today. This is a history-making show in the history of One True Pod. Our first head coach uh, that we've gotten, uh, Kansas, new Kansas head coach, Lance Leipold, is joining us today. That's exciting. Uh, You know, it's a perfect time to talk to him. He just got hired on April 30th, so he's not even been on the job two weeks. I'm sure he's pretty busy. I can't imagine why he would carve out 20 or 30 minutes for us (laughs) to Uh, jokers but i'm glad that he did and uh we're excited to have him up uh here in a few minutes i'm I'm fascinated i've got a million questions for him about what it's like taking over a job in the middle of may yeah no doubt about it it's very very exciting We're, we're very happy to have him um Leipold spent eight seasons as the head coach at his alma mater wisconsin whitewater he went 109 and six and won six national championships at the division three level i guess that's pretty good sam that's 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 all right that's all right. I, I think I think if you did that in Pee Wee football, you're a legend. Much less at, at college, major college football. Yeah. Uh, after that, he spent six seasons as Buffalo's head coach, led Buffalo to its first ever bowl win in 2019. His all-time coaching record is 146 and 39. Just a couple weeks ago, obviously, as we said, he was named the new head football coach at Kansas. Deep Midwest roots. He spends a lot of time in Nebraska. He was at Nebraska Omaha. He was at the University of Nebraska on the sports staff there uh, when Frank Solich was there. Uh, like you said, time at Buffalo as well. And his roots growing up as Wisconsin. So he's uh, got some familiarity with the middle part of the country. And I think it's a fascinating fit. I, th- I thought it was a great hire personally, I think, uh, from a personality standpoint and from uh, Kansas just trying to start anew and trying to get somebody that could potentially be there for a long time. I think when you see the way he's built programs at Wisconsin Whitewater and at Buffalo, I think this is the type of guy you need uh, if you're going to try to get Kansas to raise from the ashes. I mean, I, I think it was a great hire as well. I, I think that he checks all the boxes they want. Um, I, I frankly, and I think Max, our colleague Max, wrote this uh, after the hire. I mean, I, I think it's clearly a better hire than the Les Miles hire was. Uh, I'm not even sure that that's a contest, uh, given his background. The big challenge for him is obviously going to be when he's taking over, the timing, uh, the circumstances at Kansas, and these are all things we'll get into with uh, with Lance. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, excited to get to know him, and for, for those who are listening and checking in, I think for those of you who are Kansas fan, you've probably spent a lot of time reading and researching and learning about Lance, but if, if you're just a casual Big 12 observer, then there's a good chance to get to know him. We want to get to know him too and get to uh, know a little bit about what makes him tick, why he took this job. And so I'm excited to get into it with him. Well, let's, let's get right to it. We'll go right now to our interview with new Kansas coach, Lance Leipold. 
All right. We're happy to now be joined on the podcast by new Kansas head coach, Lance Leipold. Lance, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Lance, uh, also, I think it's, if I'm correct, we owe you a happy belated birthday. I understand it was your birthday last week. Uh, I'm curious. I know you've been a busy man with all the tasks that are before you and becoming a new head coach, but did you actually have time to do something fun on your birthday or did you get anything really cool on your birthday? Um, had a lot of player meetings that day. <laughs> to do our first uh, Hawk Talk radio show and uh, they're nice enough to, you know, had some fans there and, and our staff was out there and, and they brought out a birthday kick at the end. So what more could a guy ask for? There you go. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. You got hired on April 30th. It's been not even two weeks since since then. You've got to hire a staff. You've got, like you mentioned, the player meetings. Uh, you've got to get ready for recruiting, which, of course, in the dead period is about to be lifted in on June 1st. What have the last two weeks been like for you as you've transitioned into this new role? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as we know, guys, it, it's been a it's a unique time for a coaching change and end of spring football, trying to get a staff put together, which which we've been able to do all these things. It's been a lot. And then our players are finishing finals and going home for a couple of weeks. So you're trying to meet players, build relationships in a short period of time and do those things. So we're going a lot of different directions. And as you said, this dead period is getting lifted and we've got to get ready to, to, to get out and, and see prospects. You know, as we know, it's no secret that Kansas has struggled tremendously over the last decade. Plus they haven't had a winning season since 2008. I'm curious, why was this challenge the right one for you? Um, I, I think for a lot of reasons, Sam, you know, and and part of it is, uh, to me, it was parallel to some of the challenges that we took on at Buffalo and and, and where it was at for consistency um, and and what we were able to do there and, and now doing it on a bigger stage. Um, it also is part of the country that, you know, I lived in Nebraska for 13 years. My, my wife's from Omaha. So I, on, the, on the personal side, we thought it was a, a great fit that way. Um, the majority of the guys that that have worked with me and have come along are kind of fit to me this profile, this part of the country as well. And, uh, you know, so a lot of things lined up and, and you know, it was for the right time, the right expectation of, of point of the career. I thought what we had, you know, we had accomplished at Buffalo, we did not get that conference championship that we were we're so hoping to get, but at the same time, I thought a lot of the things that we went there to do and establish had, had been accomplished and it was a great time for another opportunity. You mentioned your player meetings. I think you said at one time you were meeting with 25 players a day. How has that gone and what has the feedback been from your new players? Um, it, it's been good, you know, and, you know, when you get a chance to get one-on-one -on -one with guys and Unique thing was I just had finished 104 meetings at Buffalo like 10 days earlier. So it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with, with this young population and you get to get to see the differences a little bit of where, where you know, mentality, where, where both programs are at. But the one thing here that they're really saying is they're, they're starving for something. They want, they, they want it. They want structure. They, they're, they know where they need to improve in leadership. Uh, they want to have discipline and they're hungry for something to come together for them. And, and when you have that, that mindset coming into it, it, it makes it exciting for, for a young football team like we have to start to get to work. You obviously are putting together a staff. What can you tell us about how that's going? If you've got guys ready to to announce, and if not, just in general, what's your identity 
of your coaching staff you want it to be? No, um, you know, we've been able to finalize it here and I, you know, and, uh, and announcing it, it should be announced almost by now if it hasn't hit something here. Um, you know, it's a blend, you know, and, and I want to, you know, there's some, there's some uh, outstanding coaches that were here that, that we want to make sure that we kept. And, and I also wanted to, uh, of course, bring along the nucleus of, of things that we're doing in Buffalo. So Andy Kolnicki will, will be our offensive coordinator um, and, and, and coach the tight ends. Brian Borland will will be our defensive coordinator and uh, and, and coach the safety. So um, along with that, uh, you know, we've retained five coaches and uh, and brought five new coaches with us. So I mean, I can I can expound on it more if you'd like, but uh, re- really excited about that and and gelling these two groups and uh, take what's been been kind of built upon here in a short period of time for cons- for some of that consistency and add to it our flavor. How challenging was it to do that part of it at this time of year? Like we said, it's just a different time, a unique time on the calendar. How challenging is it to put together a staff in May? It is challenging, but again, um, you know, when you look at this, when I went in with, unless something was really different here than I anticipated, my mindset going into it was blending these two staffs. It wasn't going to necessarily be um, going from outside of those two parameters, and, and that's what we were able to do. And uh, you know what I what I felt from the guys that have been with me and who I've worked with, and as far as you know, the foundation of our culture, our our schematics. Um, you know, those people were going to come along from the start that have been with me, and uh, and again, then gelling in with what's what was here already. And as you settle into the job, I'm curious. Obviously, spring football has been completed. <laughs> Is that something? Do you go back and look at? spring tape or does that help you or because they may be doing something differently does that not help you I guess how do you go about evaluating the personnel that you're taking over I think there's a mixture of that as well Sam is that you know there's some things that I know our coordinators are diving into with with coaches that have been here about some things I'd say what I'm really looking for is just you know maybe more talent evaluation and things like that but but when I'm watching different things and what's important to me as a head coach is where are we at in, in the finer details? What's our attention to detail and doing it, whatever they've been doing? You know, the schemes, our, our coordinators are going to implement the schemes. We're going to try to blend the, whether it be terminology to, to shorten the, the learning curve in this short time that we have to get going. But I want to watch uh, on, on what our effort level is, what our finish level is, how we're straining, and all those things to see what has to be a point of emphasis when we hit the field in August. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Lance, I, I wanted to ask you some questions about your your history, but before I do, on your on another question on your staff, you, you these mm-hmm. your offensive and defensive coordinators both came from Whitewater to Buffalo with you, and now are coming to Kansas with you. What what is the benefit of keeping that continuity among your coordinators through now three stops? Well, obviously, I, I think is is my trust in them, and and they they know me and what I expect and um, from from this chair and and how we're going to go about things. Um, you know, just some of the things I hit upon and even how we're going to practice and how we're going to do it and what we're not going to compromise in order to what we be, feel are the, the, you know, the important building blocks of trying to turn around a football program. And, and those are success sometimes is going to be for us in the, in the day-to-day way that we're going about it so that we can start seeing results on the scoreboard. And uh, also was able to bring our, our strength coach, Matt, Matt Gildersleeve, who does a great job with our culture. And, and, and really, he's, he has the most important job this, uh, in, our, in our building um, you know, for the summer because he's going to get the most time with them. And he has to be really an arm of myself and the other guys as, as he starts to implement things here as we get to the next month. You, know, you you've had such a unique uh, rise in the, in the coaching world from your time in NAIA Division two Division three. How did the spending time on all those levels sort of shape your view on what it takes to build a program? Yeah, you know it's it's a great question, Jason. I you know I, I never thought I'd ever sit in a chair like this and and have this opportunity to coach at this. And necessarily was it part of the plan. But I always remember some of my mentors, even from my graduate assistant days at the University of Wisconsin, when I was first looking for employment, saying, you know, telling me that, you know, coaching is coaching and and you get a chance to cut your teeth doing things and you get to run your own room. And I took the same approach as a head coach is that when you get a chance to run a program, you have a chance to implement your own way of doing it. And and if if you do it, do it at a a high enough level and a consistent level you know, then other opportunities will present themselves. And I was so fortunate to make the big jump from division three to FBS football, which is, is not, uh, you know, is rarely seen that, that we had a chance to take that and, and, and do some good things at Buffalo. So, but again, I, when I took the Buffalo job, I made a comment in the press conference, which kind of gained a little track. I don't know. I just said football's football, you know, it's still, you know, we're, it's still 11 guys and what we're doing now getting here and, and looking at the size of staffs and, and obviously recruiting and everything else, there, there, there are some different things that, that you just can't stick your head in the sand on. But I think initially when, when, when coaches go in a meeting room and the lights are off and the projectors on and, 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 you know, you're looking at it, there's still a lot of things that, that have to be consistent from whatever level of football you're coaching, if you want to have success. And we, we've tried to stick with that along the way. Mentioning sort of the, the football is football, but when you're at a, when you're at a smaller school, I've heard stories before about coaches at small schools, having to mow the grass, having to do all that kind of stuff. Are, are there things you didn't have to do anymore at Buffalo that, that stood out to you? Well, yeah, I didn't have to raise money to pay for all the assistant coaches. That was <laughs> I said, you know, the, you know, I didn't have to find uh, foursomes and hole sponsors for the golf outing anymore. So we, we could, uh, you know, have some things there. Yeah. That was probably one of the biggest things I, that, that changed a little bit from Buffalo to from whitewater to Buffalo. And in a short time here, I'm seeing that there's benefits of course, of, of what, what you're able to do at, at this level, but kind of back to your, 
just quickly, I could probably add a little bit to the, the part about the staff is that, you know, part of the hiring philosophy, guys, when I went along with it is that I wanted people that were that wanted to be, uh, you know, a part of the staff and guys that I knew, but I also wanted to be their probably their best coaching opportunity that they've had at that point in their career. And, and when they, when it is the, the best place that they've been maybe on, on their, in their career, they're not as apt to keep looking for other work and, 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 and stuff. They're happy where they're at. They're appreciative of what they have and they're not trying to, to, to keep one eye on maybe the next job. And I think that continuity within our staff really helped us in turning uh, the program around at Buffalo. And, and I'm, and I'm planning that that would be part of our, our success here as well. Lance, just this morning, I was actually listening to another interview you did a while back with, I think, the AFCA, um, and you mentioned that during your 7-3 and three season in 2012, I, I guess, a, did a sports writer refer to that as a disastrous season? Do I have that right? Yes. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I saved that for a while, too, and it was like yeah, a disastrous 7-3 and three season, and uh, so, yeah, that resonated pretty well, And uh, but yeah. Well, I, I, I asked because that's quite a different standard than what you inherited at Buffalo, what you're inheriting at Kansas. And, and I wanted to ask you specifically about your second season at Buffalo when you go two and 10. I'm sure that was a difficult season and very different for you. Did that season change anything about the way you coach, the way you run a program, or, or did you sort of just stay the course? Well, yeah, very frustrating season to say the least for many reasons we had we had some other things that happened we had a player pass away unfortunately we had some other things and but I, I think there's some things that I don't know how much changed um in some ways it made us stick to our our, our principles about it about our work ethic and what we were going to do and what we believed in I'm sure we had we modified some things on, on what we we're doing but um I look back at that, and as we as we go through building this program, there'll be things that I'll, I'll kind of refer back to, um, and that's kind of where you you know your first and second year. I had an opportunity to, you know, at the FCA convention one time, I sit down with Dave Clawson, and and he kind of prepared me for sometimes your second year can be more difficult than your first year, because you know probably you get a honeymoon with, with 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 players that you inherit and things like that, and I probably keep those things more in mind about. Again, those relationships, you know, um, stimulating competition within the program and doing those things as we start to move forward um, towards fall camp that, that hopefully we can avoid some of those, uh, a dip like we had that second year at Buffalo. Lance, I'm curious, you mentioned Dave Clawson. Are there, who are some of the strongest influences on you as a coach and have helped shape who you are as a coach? Oh, I think, you know, some names probably aren't as, as uh, you know, prominent as others. You know, I mentioned the one called Jim Huber was a longtime offensive line coach. He was coaching running backs at, at Wisconsin when I was there. Bill Callahan, obviously Barry Alvarez gave me an opportunity. Those are the early days. I had a chance to work with Frank Solich. I worked for 10 years at Nebraska, Omaha, two different stints. Um, under a, a man named Pat Burns. And I really learned a lot from him when you spend 10 years. And, and when you ask the guy, I guess the question about, you know, you know, taking this job, I've, I've always also referred to when I got my first full-time really paying job as a division two assistant, we went from one in 10, three and eight to 10 and two at Nebraska Omaha. And I found that when I 
reflected after about 15 years that that was some of the most rewarding time in my coaching career. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was tough. And there were some things. So there are some things within the foundations of, of, of people like him. So, um, you know, those are some kind of quick uh, of late. Um, you know, I've been able to, you know, somebody that's been a good mentor and a good person to converse with has been James Franklin at Penn State. Uh, Brett Bielema, just through different courses. When I was at Whitewater, he was at Wisconsin. When I got the job at Buffalo, Brett was uh, gracious enough to invite me down to Arkansas just to sit down and, and talk about some things as a head coach. He, he, he was so gracious. So just, just people like that, I think I, I will always be grateful and kind of reflect to. And uh, um, Pat Fitzgerald has is, is also been a big part of some of those things, had a chance to, to kind of do a little seminar with him one time as well. So. I, uh, I covered Brett at Arkansas for a little while. You got any good Brett Bielema stories that you can share? <laughs> I really didn't, you know, but I'll say this is, you know, Brett's got a great heart because, you know, he, he called to congratulate me when I got the Buffalo job and then said, hey, if you need anything, come on down or whatever. And he was saying about how long they would be in bold preparation. About five days later, he called back a second time and he didn't have to do that. And, and he's busy enough in what he's doing. He goes, hey, Come on down. I'll go through from A to Z, kind of what we do. And uh, you know what? You, you just don't see that all the time. And uh, I'll, I'll always be indebted for that. And uh, I know things maybe didn't work out and, and things, but I know he's going to turn Illinois around. And uh, uh, again, uh, I, just his plan, his thoughts on things. Even I talked to him a couple of times during this process and, and how to go, go about some things. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think a lot of them. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Lance, uh, I, I was thinking when, when we were preparing for this, one, one time I was in at Mount Union in, sitting with Larry Karras in his office oh. and I asked him why he never made the jump that you've made from, from Division Three to uh to the fbs and he said that he didn't he wasn't a risk taker he was scared of failing and he was comfortable where he was and i'm wondering did you have those kinds of thoughts when you were at whitewater were you comfortable did, did you think about just sticking with that for your whole career uh yeah um i'll add to this when i took the job and finished coaching at whitewater that year jason Larry Karras came up to me and told me how happy he was for me and essentially said the same thing that he maybe wished he would have. Um, I did, 
I played for two two coaches at Whitewater. One was there 28 years and one was there 24 years. And I, I thought there would be three coaches at Whitewater for 75 years. Um, but when you like when you mentioned that disastrous seven and three season, we came back and won 30 straight and went 15, 15 and all uh, two years in a row. Part of though, even for the Division Three football, that when success was being measured by perfect seasons only, and they call the football office and want to know, um, you know, Division Three playoffs, you got to you got to win four games to even get to the championship. But when people call the office in September and want to know what hotel you're staying at for the national championship, expectations are just a little out of whack. And and uh, I go back to that other statement about my time at Nebraska Omaha. I just really, really thought that I wanted to take something else on to build and and maybe and and, and show it can be done a different way and at another school. So it, it started to change a little bit more about three years in. I would say that that maybe it wasn't going to be the destination job I thought when I first took it. You know, the last question I had for you, Lance, and I think Sam's got one or two more, but you know, it seems like a lot of times the path to a job like the one you now have is graduate assistant, quality control, position coach, coordinator, head coach. But right now, just in the state of Kansas, you've got Chris Kleiman with four FCS national titles, you with six division three national titles. Do you think lower division coaches deserve more of these opportunities? And why don't you think they get them as much as maybe they should? Uh Absolutely. They, they, there should be some more opportunity. And, and, you know, um, Chris Kleiman's done a great job, did a great job at North Dakota state. There's some guys on that staff I've worked with along the way that have similar paths. Um, you know, I even think you look at, you know, Matt Campbell's path a little bit too, you know, and, and stuff. And, and I think there is, um, um, a lot of times in this world, when we look at a lot of things in hiring practices, I think it's people are, are hiring people they're comfortable with. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes, uh, you know, lower level coaches are comfortable and loyal to their alma mater and don't always take a lot of chances. Sometimes there's, there's, you, you maybe have to give up a little bit during to, to make that second jump sometimes to that D2 or FCS people aren't comfortable with, but um, when I when I did get the Buffalo job, guys, I, I couldn't. When I went to the uh, AFCA convention, I couldn't believe the amount of smaller level coaches, D two, D three, that came up and said, "Really pulling for you, really watch." Because I think they saw that as one is that if if this can work, there's going to be other opportunities for other people. Um, I, I do think there's. It's not the football aspect. I think a little bit people get concerned about recruiting, but as we've always said, if you got to walk into homes or walk into high schools or have people come to your campus and you don't get to offer them any um, financial incentive to to pay for their education, um, you better be good at, at uh, you know, recruiting something. Right. And uh, and it doesn't matter what the person's talent level is if you still got to find a way to get them to your university. And I think that's many times overlooked. And, uh, you know, so. That's probably part of it, and uh, but I'm sure hope it you know through all of this that that more guys are going to get some opportunities. And I look at in the Mid American Conference, my first year uh, coaching at Whitewater, Chris Creighton was a head coach at Wabash. Tim Lester was the defensive coordinator at uh, at Elmhurst College. I think Tom Allen was Chris Creighton uh, from Indiana was Tom Allen's de- uh, Chris Creighton's defensive coordinator. So there's wow. a lot of 
coaches that all of a sudden, boom, but, you know, kind of rise on the scene that, that kind of cut their teeth at that level. Lance, just a few more for me. You mentioned earlier the going through the Division Three playoffs. Playoff is a big buzzword right now because of the college football playoff. I'm curious, as somebody who's been a part of it at the Division Three level, the Division Two level, what are your thoughts on the feasibility of just doing a full scale playoff like you like is done at the FCS Division Two, Division Three levels? It's balancing act of what we want. You know, we see whether bowl games have been de-emphasized. Um, I, I do think probably where it's at, um, you're always going to argue about strength of schedule. No matter what level, you're always going to talk about if there's a power conference at any level versus, you know, so the, the, the strength of schedule, all those things. But I do think we're, we're approaching a time where that needs to be expanded. Um, nobody's ever going to really ask me and, and, but, uh, um, I, I think it's coming. I think it'll, it'll help. Um, you know, continue to create meaningful games all along the way. How big and how many, 8, 16, 8, 12, I'm not sure. But the the thing is going to be how many games is too many then and what are you going to do with the conference championship games? Are you going to continue to play 12 games? What's the TV, you know, all those things that are going to play. But do I think it can be done? Yes. you have to be smart on how you spread it out or what you do. I think there has to be some of that as well. As you enter the Big 12, what are your perceptions of the league? What do you know about the league? And, and how how much are you looking forward to just squaring off against some of these teams as well? Well, obviously, you, you know, you, you know the names. You know, I mentioned Iowa State earlier and the job that they've done, obviously, Oklahoma. I just know the balance with, with within this, this conference. I, I think it's always – Obviously, it's reputation offensively is one that always kind of takes the forefront. But I, I do think that things are, are, are definitely better defensively than it's given credit to. Um, playing everyone in the conference is, is going to be something unique, of course, that you don't see across FBS football, which is very challenging. But also, I, I think exciting because each and every year you've kind of got that that working portfolio, so to speak, on on different people that that you have. So, got a lot to learn on personnel and things, and our guys are trying to play catch up on that. But uh, I, I'm sure uh, September's coming around faster than I than, than any of us even anticipate. And then we talked a little bit at the top of the show about recruiting. Obviously, that's coming up here with the uh, the ending of the dead period. I imagine it's going to be a challenge to just logistically get yourself ready for this. How are you approaching these next few weeks as we enter the the lifting of the dead period? Well, you know, again, between camps and getting to camps and then some of our official visits were set already um, before I was I was named. So, uh, you know, we're getting ready for to, to balance all those out. People coming in on, on with the new rules or and, and really the um, kind of loosening of opportunities to evaluate student athletes. Um, we're going to be going a lot of different directions here in the month of June. I think everybody is. I, I think everybody's kind of, you know, hanging on for, for what you're going to do uh, and, and how often you can get it done. But I think, uh, you know, it's exciting because really a lot of us have been sitting here cooped up for um, months on end, no matter what level you're at, trying to really kind of get out and, and watch young men and evaluate them. Um, you know, we've been operating at a scholarship kind of deficit, trying to get back to our 85 here. So we still have some some numbers. We're a young football team. 
trying to balance that out as well. And as well as we work through the 22 class, this I think us getting out this next month, it's going to be really important for us to do a good job in the 23 class as well. And last one for me, when your team goes out there on the field, whether it's opponents, Kansas fans, people just who watch Big 12 football, what do you want them to come away? What kind of impression do you want them to have of your team? What do you want the identity of Kansas football under Lance Leipold to be? Well, I think you obviously want to be well coached and, and disciplined in the fundamentals and attention to detail, some of the things I talked about. But I, I can remember in our growing pains at Buffalo, I remember this, it kind of resonated with me. Rod Carey was a head coach at Northern Illinois, now at Temple. And he talked about after they, they really got after us once, but he told me there was a significant difference on how our kids played than maybe the year before. And I want that to be through effort and strain that uh, we're going to be a physical football team and, and we're going to play for four quarters. And then as if we continue to battle and do those things right, be disciplined. Don't beat ourselves. Stick together. Again, you just start chipping away at things and, and things will get turned around. So you're a bit busy, man. What's left on the do list today? I'm sure you have something very pressing to get to as soon as you're done with us. <laughs> I've got uh, three assistant strength coaches to meet with here. I've got a Zoom call with some high school coaches in the area. Um, I don't know what else after that, but that'll take <laughs> about 8 p.m., but we'll we'll be all right. Well, uh, well, Lance Leipold, Kansas head coach, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We really enjoyed visiting with you and, uh, and hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Best of luck to you this year. Well, absolutely, guys. I'd love to do it again. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And uh, again, hope we can do it soon. Rock chalk. Well, that was awesome, Jason. Man, I appreciate uh, Lance taking some time. Like I said, legitimately, I know that guy is probably the busiest man in the country right now because he is trying to play catch up with all these other coaches who have been in for an entire offseason. But that was really fascinating to get to know a little bit more about his background, his story. And I think, like we said at the top, I think Kansas is going to be in pretty good hands with him. Yeah, no doubt. And pretty good timing there that they were basically announcing the staff as we were recording. So we were able to actually talk to him <laughs> about that. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think I think it doesn't surprise me that you got some continuity in terms of coordinators, strength coach. And it's not always the case where you can bring your guys along as long as he has. But I think that, that's going to be huge for him in, in terms of being able to establish your program and build the foundation the way you want it. Being able to have that kind of continuity on your staff I think is so vital, and I think that's going to help him have a much better start uh, than he would have otherwise. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the at – the, did retain uh, interim head coach Emmett Jones on the staff. I think that was probably a very smart move. Um, uh, add a little continuity, someone who knows the team. And, and obviously I think – Emmett Jones deserved to keep his job given that, you know, he at least kept things going <laughs> in the midst of all that madness. No doubt. And I think when you talk and Lance talked about in his introductory presser a couple of weeks ago, the, these young men have been through a lot and they've been through a lot of change, a lot of different coaches, a lot of different voices come at them. And I do think they deserve to have some consistency and a familiar face and a familiar voice. And by all accounts, Emmett Jones was a hit during his time as an interim there, during his time as an assistant there. So I think it makes sense to bring him in. Not only that, I'll say this from as a guy that's based in Texas, Emmett Jones cut his teeth down here in Texas, you know, as a high school coach in the Dallas area, as an assistant at Texas Tech. He's got a great reputation down here. I don't know how much Lance Leipold intends to recruit the state of Texas, but if he does intend to recruit the state of Texas, 
having Emma Jones on your staff will be a huge asset in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, well, Sam, thank you for joining. Uh, we'll get Max back soon enough. You know, he's got more important things he's worrying about at the moment. <laughs> So we'll, we'll let him, we'll let him, uh, let him skip a few of these, but, uh, but it's great to have you on, man. Thanks so much for, for, uh, for joining and, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Please subscribe to our show. One true pod on Apple or Spotify, leave us a review and a good rating and find all of our stories on the athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber to the athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage. You get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage and we'll see you next time.